Hello everyone and welcome to the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I'm joined by Katie Midwinter as we'll be previewing this weekend's action where we've got plenty to get our teeth stuck into. We're going to be looking at some of the jumps action at Weatherby and at Ascot. We'll also as well take a look at some of the racing at Newmarket and of course we'll be looking at the Breeders' Cup for Friday and Saturday. Some of the best racing in the world. Katie, how are things with you? Um, you looking forward to this weekend's racing? I am, yeah. I can't wait for the Breeders' Cup. It's probably my favourite flat meeting of the year. I, I just absolutely love it and I'm getting really excited now. Uh, seeing all of the horses on the track doing their work and galloping, especially at the Ballydoyle contingent, which has to be one of the most beautiful sights in racing. Um, so I know that we're kind of back into national hunt mode, but my heart is in Santa Anita at the moment. Um, I just can't wait for it to begin. Yeah, it looks like there's a really strong team from Aiden O'Brien this year. A couple of nice horses going down, and I'm sure we'll get stuck into them a little bit later on in this podcast but let's get into it then you want to hear our selections the first race we're going to look at is the 150 at weatherby it's the bet365 mayor's hurdle it's a listed race over two miles we should mention that there is an inspection taking place on friday morning there's been a lot of rain around the uk over the last few days or so and they are a little bit worried about the meeting so hopefully it does get the green light but if it does this is what the field looks like lucia is your favorite at two to one we then got katira at nine to four you wear it well at three stainsby girl at eights salasta at 22s game on for glory 50s and lone stars the outsider 80 to one katie it looks like it's a three horse race according to the betting but to be fair if they all turn up it's not a bad little renewal of this race is it no, it's quite a decent race. Uh, those three at the top of the market, they're all exciting mares. Um, they're going to have good seasons ahead of them, I'm sure. But I think from a betting perspective, it's quite a trappy race. Um, probably wouldn't be having a bet in it. I know you like you wear it well, Chris, after her Cheltenham win. And I could see her reversing the form with Katira over this shorter trip, actually. After Cheltenham, she had a tough race there. I think maybe Aintree would have come a little bit too soon for her after that. Um, but I can see her beating Katira on this occasion if she's ready first time out. But Lucia would have to be my favourite mare in here. Uh, the only issue I'd have in backing her is I'm not sure I could trust her first time out at two to one. So I think I'd happily just watch and cheer her on. Uh, hopefully this is a good pipe opener for her. And she's definitely one that I'm going to be following this term. I think she has a lot of potential and, and scope to improve further. She's only five, so she's really exciting for the Nikki Henderson team. This is a tough start against Katira, and you wear it well here, but I think she's probably going to end up being the best out of the three. Um, just whether or not she'll show it here uh, is the question. I think we, we all know she had some issues in the spring. She wasn't at her best at Cheltenham, nor at Aintree, really. Um, but I hope that she can win some of those top races this season and she's definitely one I'll be keeping on side in future races. Yeah, Lucia is obviously a, an interesting horse for connections. Interesting as well that Nico de Boinville is not set to ride her. James Burns booked for the rider. Just checking Nico's rides there. He's actually down to ride just the one horse at Ascot 
on Saturday. James Byrne has ridden her before when winning uh, last season at Newbury, so he does know the horse fairly well, so it wouldn't be too much of a concern, but I did, th- did think that was a, an interesting uh, jockey book. And um, as Katie said, you know I love uh, You Are It Well. She was my nap for the Cheltenham Festival when she bolted up at 16-1. to 1. I thought Gavin gave her a great ride from the front. She's very uncomplicated. I'm sure they'll probably bomb her out in front here. And it's good to see the Jamie Snowden Yard being amongst the winners of late. They've had a few winners um, over the last few days. They had a nice winner in the bumper today at Stratford. Uh, in the finale there. She's pretty versatile ground-wise. I think she's very classy, um, and she's also as well got good form against the Gelden. She finished second in the Chalo Hurdle behind uh, Hamies Ellen and that Chalo Hurdle, even though he didn't go on to, to boost the form that much, the others in behind certainly did. So I think you wear it well, Three to one. I think that's the wrong price. I think she. Uh, I think she should be a little bit shorter. I think she should be more closely matched with the I think she'll reverse the form of Katera. And for me, you wear it well. Three to one. I'm quite confident on her to get the job done. So she is going to be my pick uh, in the one fifty at Weatherby. We now um, move on to the two twenty five for the Bet three six five hurdle. Grade 2, registered as the West Yorkshire Hurdle. We've only got six runners, but a few old favourites in here. Time Hill is your favourite 2-1. to one. We've then got Dashiell Drasher. I'm sure Liz will be cheering him on. He's at 5-2. to two. Botox has at 5s. Galore 13-2. Ambitious Fellow 14s, along with Red Risk. And that's uh, that's your field. Um, Katie, Time Hill. Bit of a interesting horse. Didn't quite work out for him over fences last season it has to be said towards the back end of the the major um spring festivals do we think coming back over hurdles might rejuvenate him yeah it's definitely a wise move because he never looked like the most natural chaser did he really but he has some top class form over hurdles so he's worthy of being favorite here i'd say but Dashiell Drasher on his form from, from Cheltenham in the Stayers Hurdle has to be a, a lively contender as well. He always runs his race. He's got a massive heart and he's such a likeable horse. And yeah, we know that Liz is definitely going to be cheering him on. And I'd be cheering him on as well because I think he he deserves a win now. He's got a string of seconds to his name um, as well. He deserves to be back in the winner's enclosure because he just tries so hard and he's such a reliable selection. Uh, whenever he races, really. But the one that I'm leaning towards in this race is Botox has. Um, I was at Haydock when he won the three-mile handicap there on soft last year, and he was quite impressive. He beat a decent field of horses, a couple of Irish raiders in there, and also complete unknown, who finished second in the mild May. Look, he's only a seven-year-old, and I'd be hoping he could have improved a bit and strengthened up a bit more. Um, because a couple of these, like Dash of Rush is 10 now, Time Hill is 9. I'd like to think there'd be more to come from Botox has. Uh, this is a step up for him, but I think he's quite a decent price at 5-1. to one. I think he's got a good chance here. He has to give a little bit of weight away, but I think he's worth another chance at this level. Um, and yeah, I'd be quite happy to side with him. Okay, Botox has it is. For Katie, I'm probably just going to go for Time Hill here. I think his record fresh speaks well for itself. He won the Persian Moor back in the day, first time out. And if you look at some of his form last season, yeah, he won first time out over fences at Exeter. He just seems 
that uh, going fresh seems to suit him. Um, I think two to one isn't a bad price at all. Um, he does get the four pounds, as Katie mentioned, from Botox has. So that just could make all the difference. I didn't think this was a particularly strong race. Um, you would like to see Botox has maybe progress. Um, this, the staying division in uh, the UK, it has to be said, looks fairly weak at the moment. So it is looking for some of these younger horses to potentially come on through and but I, I just don't know if Botox has. I fancied him last year on a couple of occasions and uh, I thought he was going to kick on after that Haydock win, but he kind of let me down. So maybe, maybe Gary Moore has found the key to him to get a little bit more improvement. But uh, for me, I'm just going to go with Time Hill. I think he's a solid option. And um, yeah, I think maybe this could be the time to uh, to catch him. So I'm going to go for Time Hill. We then move on to the three o'clock for the feature race at Weatherby. It's the three mile bet three six five Charlie Hall Chase Grade Two. We've only got the four runners, but an interesting uh, field here. Brave Man's Game is your favourite. Odds on at eight to eleven. We've then got a Hoyton York at ten to three. Gentleman's Game at five, and Midnight River is the outsider at twelve to one. Katie, we've only got the four runners, but uh, it's an intriguing little race, isn't it? It is, yeah, but it is a shame that there are only four runners. Considering the entry fee and the prize money for fourth place, you'd think there'd be more wanting to take their chance. Uh, but, yeah, nevertheless, it is, it's a quality small field, really. Uh, Brave Man's game, three pounds are clear of a hoist in your own ratings, but he's a much sounder jumper generally, isn't he? So Brave Man's game, he has to be the, the clear favourite here. And you think if he's at his best, if he's ready for this, um, first time out, then he's going to be very difficult to beat. Um, I'm a big fan of Brainman's game. I think he's one of the best chasers in training at the moment, probably the best in terms of the way he jumps his fences. He's just so slick and he's incredible to watch, really mesmerising over his fences. So I'm really looking forward to seeing him back. Um, Ahoy Senor, we know he's quite quirky, but he's got a big engine and if everything comes together for him in a race then he's he's got a big race in him I, i'd say at the top level uh it's just you would never really know what's what you're going to get with him uh thought he'd win at Aintree when he was well clear of shishkin but he just couldn't get the job done um i think gentleman's game you'd you'd think he needs a bit more experience to trouble brave man's game and a hoisting you're here but I think it'll be interesting to see how he gets on in this field and what level we can expect to see him performing at uh, over fences this season. Midnight River, he's a classy handicapper and he deserves to take his chance at this level. He could still be ahead of his mark. He's rated 156, but he's been improving rapidly and you think he'd have to improve a little bit more here, but he's unexposed and it'll be great to see him put in a good performance. Look, it's not a race that I'd have a bet in, but if Brain Man's game turns up, then I think he'll be too classy for the rest of them. Yeah, I think Brave Man's game is probably the most likely winner. I think it all depends tactically for Hoy Senor. Is he going to get an uncontested lead? Is he going to go to the front? And if he does, maybe that's the way how he beats a Hoy Senor. But... As you say, Katie, sometimes he is prone to making the odd error and Brayman's game is the much better jumper of the pair, in my opinion, as well. Gentleman's game is interesting, but has it all to do on the ratings to get anywhere near the first two in the betting. But he's likely raced over fences, only two goes, so 
there could be more to come from him. And Mouse Morris wouldn't send too many over to the UK as well. So it is interesting that connections do take their chance. And Midnight River as well is very classy handicapper, but you'd like to think he's probably got it all to do. Um, and they're probably just aiming him for a little bit of place money. But for me, I'm in agreement. Brave man's game to take. The Charlie Hall. Now we're over to Ascot, where we're looking at a few races there. Not a bad card to kick off their jump season. The first race we're going to look at is the 130. It's the Ascot Underwriting Novices Limited Handicap Chase. Are you white to that as your favourite four to one? We've then got Parson Well at nine to two, Cruise Control eleven to two, along with Amino AA, Scarfaces sixes, Jipcot nines. Bigger are the rest. Katie, um, this looks an interesting race actually. I thought. This could be one where we're getting the old notebook out and making notes for the next few weeks because I think there could be potentially some some winners to come out of it. What did you think of it? Yeah, this is definitely a watching brief for me. Um, one, just to, to keep an eye on a few here. Um, one that I am keen to keep a close eye on is Twin Jets because I quite liked him um, when he was heard in last year. So I'm, I'm keen to see how he gets on over fences. And there's a couple of others in here that that maybe they could turn out to be some nice types going forward. Um, but definitely a watching brief. Yeah, yeah. So I thought Jipcott was interesting for Ben Paulin. I was actually at Carlisle when um, he ran up there last week and he was really well punted. Uh, there was a lot of money around for him on the day. He was backed in from around about eight, nine to one into fours. Um, but he just didn't seem to, to stay the trip. I thought returning to this shorter trip could be interesting. So... Yeah, that that's definitely one to note. But the one I'm going to go with is uh, Scarface for Joe Tizard. I think the key to him is to um, go fresh. He's run about a six to one chance here. Um, had some good form last season, including winning at Ascot. So we know he likes likes a track, and I just think that there's more to come from him as a chaser. He's got some nice relations in his pedigree, and I just think he's the type that Joe Tizard does well with that could just kick on over fences and um for me if he's fit and ready to go i thought six to one wasn't a bad price and not for mark of 126 there could be a little bit more to come so for me i'm going to take a chance with scarface in the 130 at ascot we then move on to the 205 for the burn group handicap chase over two miles and one furlong we've got joint favorites at the top of the bet and it's boot hill and red rookie at four to one we then get fred at arms at 11 to two saint Segal at sixes Fernande Sibola at eight to one first flow at tens bigger are the rest katie again this is a an interesting little race a few in here that you can make a case for but where did your your, your pin land well, I'm a big fan of one of the horses in here, and that is the last day for Evan Williams. Uh, he's gone well fresh in the past. He was off for quite a while, a couple of years ago, but he's returned in really good order. Um, he won the Red Rum Handicap Chase in 2022 off a £2 lower mark. He last seen finishing third in the race at Aintree, um, beaten six and a quarter lengths. Um, by dancing on my own, who we saw winning at Cheltenham last week. I think off a mark of one three five, he's it's quite a decent mark for him. It's workable enough, and I can see him running running well off that mark. And he's a big price. He's outside of the field at sixteen to one. Now there are a few in here that that I'm a fan of, like Boot Hill, Red Rookie. Um, so it, it could be a bit of a trappy race, but I think at the prices, the last day is is. 
a lot of value at 16 to 1. I think he's being overlooked here. And I think he could go very well. Yeah, he could do. I think maybe the key to him is fresh. And 16 to 1, I think that is is a slightly uh, too big a price. So I wouldn't put you off him there. The one I'm going to go with is actually one of the favourites, Boot Hill. I just think there could be a little bit more to come from him now. He's had um, a whole season of uh, fences under his belt. He was quite a good novice. Uh, he had formed behind the likes of John Bond. He beat Ork and Risk as well, who's a very good horse for Chris Gordon. He is off a mark here of 149, which might seem a bit high to some people, but I just thought there could be a little bit more improvement. We've always known he's a very good horse. He was a very good hurdler, and I think he started to show a little bit more more of himself last season over fences. He's also, as well, won over the course and distance, so that's definitely a positive. Ascot can definitely be a horses-for-courses kind of track, so... For me, I think Boot Hill. If Harry Fry's got him ready, he's got a good record fresh. I think he could be um he could be ready to deliver on the day. And I think four to one isn't a bad price, but there are definitely a couple in here that you could make a case for. So an open race, but I think Boot Hill uh, has got a very good chance. So we're now going to move on to the three fifteen at Ascot for the set unique handicap hurdle. Um, three fifteen over a mile and seven furlongs. Our champ is the favourite. Turned out again quickly after his win at Cheltenham last week at 7-2 we then got Rare Middleton at 5-1 to Alto Belli at 15-2 Knickerbocker Glory at 8 Teddy Blue 8 Chance of Tune 10s Bad 12s Greyville 14s Bigger RRS Katie this is a very interesting looking race I definitely had a few on my shortlist here that I just couldn't cross off um, were you in a similar position? Yeah, I I can't say I had a strong fancy in here. Um, there are a few in here that I'll be keeping an eye on. And the one that stood out most was Favois. A big price at 16 to 1. Fergus Gillard claiming £3 aboard, um, which makes him ultimately £2 higher than when, when he won the, the county hurdle at Cheltenham. So I think that was good form, um, just beating Pied Piper there. Maybe needed the run on on uh, the return at first last. So maybe a little bit of value um, from an each way angle there. 16 to 1, best price available, but 11 to 1 in places I'm seeing. So maybe he's one that, that could shorten a bit and one that I'd possibly take a chance on. Okay. Um, I thought this was quite tricky for our champ. Case could be made for him there. But the two that I really liked, and I will be back and by from the day, is Outer Belly, who's already attracted support for Harry Fry. Um, he's now 15-2 after being as big as 12 earlier today. He's got some really um, eye-catching form next to his name, particularly when he bolted up at um, Carlisle back in February. He bolted up by 25 lengths that day and achieved an RPR of 140. He's now running in the handicap of a mark of 131. Which, if he's up to that kind of standard, that that could be, that could be, mean he'd be well in. And he he seems to relish uh, testing ground. And with the rain that's been falling over the last few days, that's definitely going to aid his cause. He he was then tried in uh, Grade One company at Aintree, and he just got found out. Um, maybe the ground wasn't deep enough for him that day, and maybe it just came a little bit too quickly for him. But he's very lightly raced off a mark of one three one. I think he's a very interesting runner. But the other one I thought could go well as well was um, Nicker Glory for the Skeltons. Trish and Darrell's claiming five 
This horse uh, seems to go quite well fresh. He won uh, first time out last season over fences. And if you go back through some of his earlier form, he's won first time out before. Seems to love deep ground. He's a bit of a free runner, tends to go for the front. But I thought his second when he fin um his second uh, in the Imperial Cup behind ICO, that was a good bit of form. Um he's actually gonna be four pounds better off for that run with Tristan Darren Tristan Darrell's five pound claim. So I think he's interesting and sometimes it can be hard to come off from off the pace in these type of races at Ascot. Sometimes the the front runners just do get away from him and uh, it can be hard to make up the ground. So if he does get a solo on the, on the front end, I thought he was interesting around about eight to one. So that was my thoughts then on the 315 at Ascot. We then move on to their feature race on the card, the 345, the Sodexo Live Gold Cup Handicap Chase. 12 runners, but again, some very interesting horses for the upcoming National Hunt season. I should say we already are in the National Hunt season, but when we're getting into the proper thick end of stuff. But um, Mogben, genius, is your favourite 72. He's been highly touted by a lot of people. He's your favourite. We then got Beauport at fives, Eldorado Adam at 7-1, Macho Mass at 17-2, two for gold 10s, Larry and Earl favourite mine at 11s, Irish Raider, Yearman yeah at 11s, Victorano at 14s, Bigger are the rest. Katie, again, another competitive looking race. Um, did you have a strong fancy in this one? And I can't say I did have a strong fancy in this one either. I think I'm just really in still in flat mode and all, all uh, ahead for the Breeders' Cup. And I'm not really able to get too stuck into a, a big handicap chase like this yet. But um, I think El Dorado Allen is obviously the class angle in here. Uh, so I'd probably be keen to see how he gets on. Freddie Gingell is claiming seven pounds aboard too, which is going to help his cause. He's a, an exciting young jockey. But other than that, I'll leave it to you and I'll let you say what you want to say about your old friend, Larry. Yeah, well, Larry, for those who know, he's got a special place in my heart. He helped me win uh, the Betfair Tipstar Challenge a couple of years ago. And... Uh, he just seems to love it around this course and distance. He's won on it a couple of times. He just stays all day. He's off a, a fair mark of 135, maybe a little bit high, but his age catching up with him now, 10 years old, I just think maybe there's others in here that could be open to a little bit more improvement. Monbeg Genius, as I mentioned, is a horse that a lot of people have touted to go into good things this year. Obviously, he's got that eye-catching bit of form behind the likes of Corrick Rambler. Um, at Cheltenham when he finished third in the Ultima there. He's off a £7 higher mark now, but he does have loads of fancy entries this year. He's 8-1 to one for the Coral Gold Cup at Newbury um, in December. He's entered in the Sefton uh, Handicap Chase, uh, which is uh, always a good uh, race at Aintree in a couple of weeks' time. He's 8-1 to one for that as well. So he's he's got some fancy entries over the next few weeks and he would have to definitely run well here to uh to justify those kind of prices Beauport is interesting as well won the colin parker on his return last year he can go well fresh nigel twist and davis's team have um been in good form as well um but the one i was going to take a chance on um was victorino for venetia williams's team now this horse um he's only appeared once um over over this side of the English Channel when he finished uh, fourth uh, in a novice hurdle at Hexter. But he's interesting that he's come here of a mark of one three eight and Venetia's horses are just starting to come into 
to their own now. They had a winner at Chepstow the other day, and I think it's interesting he's starting out here. He's got plenty of um, good form next to his name, especially when he was running over in France. Uh, he was winning at places like Ortoy in really deep ground. And we've seen Venetia do it time and time again with these kind of horses. He's already attracted a little bit of support. And I just think he's off a nice uh, mark here of 138. He's going to get a nice low racing weight. And I think there could be a little bit more to come from him. And it's interesting they're pitching him in a race this deep so early in the season. So for me, I think Victorino, 14 to 1, he could be one to follow. And uh, yeah, he would be my selection in the race. But like I said, there's definitely a couple in here that you could make a case for. So that's uh, that's the national hunt scene covered for this weekend. We're now going to move on to Newmarket. And I know there was a couple of K that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, there's one that caught my eye in the 322 at Newmarket, and that is Warren Point for the Godolphin team, Charlie Appleby. He drops in grade after running in grade one company at Belmont Park. He had previously finished second to Russian Emperor, who went on to win a group one beating Romantic Warrior in Doha. And he'd won a listed uh, race in Bahrain prior to that. I think he has a brilliant chance um, now at, back at listed level if he's able to cope with the ground conditions. You'd imagine it's going to be quite testing on Saturday. Um, but his dam was a winner on heavy ground. And I, I don't think Dubai needs to do too badly on it either. So I hope he won't be too inconvenienced by the softer going. And with Charlie Appleby performing at a 40% strike rate in recent weeks, I think he's got a brilliant chance. Okay, one to mention in there from Casey at Newmarket. I had a couple that I just want to touch upon. In the 227, the Betfred Horace Hill Stakes, a group three uh, for the two-year-old Colts. This race was meant to be run at Newbury last week, but obviously the meeting got abandoned due to the rain. But I thought Telemark was interesting. I was really impressed when he um, took a step forward um, to win a race at uh, Yarmouth on his last start. He couldn't have done it much more easily. Now, clearly, this is a this is a deeper race. There's plenty of similar kind of horses, but I'm just impressed by the way he did it. And that was with soft ground as well. And the way he went through the line, Jack Mitchell keeps the ride for Simon and Ed Christopher. I think he's quite an exciting horse for, for next year, especially if there's a little bit of cut in the ground. He might be able to run well, maybe one of those guineas trials, maybe a race like the Greenham or something. I could see him maybe going well there if uh, he was to run well in this. So for me, Telemark, he's run about the five to one. Um, Mark, funnily enough. So, yeah, I'll, he's definitely one I'll, I'll be watching. And there was another one uh, in one of the handicaps at Newmarket later on in the card. Metal, metal Merchant. Don't have any prices through for this one at the moment. But um, this horse was a good winner, I thought, last time when getting on top um, to win a, ha a good handicap. Uh, Ascot, he's now £3 higher, but he doesn't mind a little bit of juice in the ground. He's been pretty consistent, very versatile this season. He's been to several of the big festivals, including a, a respectable fifth at Glorious Goodwood. Time before that as well, he had some good form behind the likes of Covey, Saxon King. I think uh, I think he's definitely capable of going well. Jack Shannon's team have been in really good form as well, of late as well. They had a winner at Newcastle today. I think he'll probably be towards uh, the top of the market, but I thought Metro Merchant could be very hard to beat in the 2.10 at Newmarket. So that's some of the flat action covered in the UK, but we're now going to go to the flat action stateside for some talk about the Breeders' Cup. KE, um, you might as well take it away. I know there was quite a few you fancied uh, at Santa Anita over the next couple of days. Do you want to go through what you fancy there? 
Yeah, there's a couple that caught my eye ahead of Friday night's action. And the first is in the juvenile turf sprint. Now, this horse has become a bit of a cliff horse for many, I think. But I've yet to back him this season. Um, so hopefully I can bring him a bit of luck. Although that doesn't usually happen when I back horses. But hopefully it works with this one. And it's Give Me the Beat Boys, who... You know, it was a very expensive purchase before he ran at Rolaska. He cost, I think, 1.1 million for his new owners, and he's yet to win for them. So I think it would be uh, a nice reward for them if he was able to to get that a bit of their investment back um, with a win in this. I just think he's going to be overlooked on his recent form figures, but he's been facing some of the best Colts and, and Phillies of of his generation in recent runs. And I think the drop back to five furlong is going to help him. If you watch back of his races, he's been running well for a long way and then just weakening slightly in, in the final furlong. Um, so I think the drop back to five is really going to shoot. The firm round is going to shoot as well. And, and I think he's a decent each way price at around 12 to one. So he'd be one of my stronger fancies on the Friday night card. But my nap of Friday is going to come in the juvenile Phillies turf. And this is Porter Fortuna for Donico O'Brien. He's sending his first runner over there. Um, so hopefully he can get his first winner too. I just think she has the experience at the top level already, including against the Colts, that it's going to really benefit her here. And she's a generous price too at current best odds of 11 to 2. I can see her going off much shorter on the day. She is stepping up in trip, but... I don't think it should be too much of a problem. Looking at her pedigree, she should get the mile and she's got plenty of speed too that could see her go really well here. So Porta Fortuna is going to be my nap for Friday's card um, and give me the beat boys would be the next best. Yeah, I agree with you about Porta Fortuna. Um, I hadn't really looked too much at the Breeders' Cup until earlier today and um, when I went through the race, four eleven to 2 was a bit of a standout price about it. I was really impressed with the way how how she won at Newmarket last time out and yeah for me I think uh, I think eleven to two yeah you're you're on stuff in there Katie so um, yeah I think uh, she's got a really good chance and I'm I'm gonna follow in with you before we move on from Friday's card uh, Sandra and Ian, there is one that we have to talk about that is um, River Tiber me and Katie are a big fan of him he runs in the Breeders Cup Juvenile Turf over uh, a mile he is a five to two favorite Aiden's got uh, a couple in there including unquestionable Frankie rides in but River Tiber has been at the top table and a lot of the the best um, juvenile races I think so far this season obviously he won the Coventry Stakes at Royal Ascot but I thought his third behind Van Deek in the pre-morning and also as well a third place effort um in the middle park stakes was a good effort as well he actually beat uh give me the beat boys on that occasion i think he's just been crying out for a, a little bit further he's always shown plenty of speed but i think uh, he's got a high cruising speed that he could probably see out the mile quite well so i think this step up in trip will suit him he's got not a bad draw as well um he's drawing the stall two in the inside so if Ryan can get out good and handy um he might just be able to get a nice posse and he might just have too much class for some of these rivals so i'm hoping along with katie as well river tiber can do the business uh in the 11:40 on a friday night at sandra yeah. Nia. i'm in complete agreement because i love river tiber as well as you know um i just think things have been happening a bit too quickly the last two starts and he hasn't quite built on his commentary stakes win over these shorter trips but if you watch him around the 
final furlong pole. You can see he's a burst of speed, um, but then he kind of man maintains the same speed. He he doesn't quicken uh, as well as the likes of Van Dijk, but he still stays on strongly towards the line. So I do think the step up to a mile, it will really suit him and we should see the best of him. And I much prefer him to unquestionable. So I really hope that, that he can get the job done on Friday too. I think he deserves it. Come on, River Tiber. Now, Katie, also as well, we've got the Saturday to talk about. Um, who did you like on Saturday? Yeah, on Saturday, um, there's there's a few that I like, but I'll just mention a couple. And one that is a massive price uh, would be my long shot of the meeting in the Breeders' Cup mile at 40-1 to 1 is Schull's Spike. Uh, he finished second in the race last year, and I'm just really surprised that he's such a big price. He was a close second, actually, to modern games. He finished ahead of Kinross. Um, he's amassed over a million pounds in prize money throughout his career, and I just can't believe that he's 40 to 1. Um, he is probably past his peak. I think he's a six-year-old now, so maybe he isn't as good as he was. But I still think he's got a really good chance of making the frame. Uh, we saw him in the Woodbine Mile Stakes last time out, um, beaten, beaten convincingly by Master of the Seas. But I, I don't think he really got the run of things. He was towards the rear of the field. He was racing quite keenly earlier on, on in the race. And when he was mounting his challenge in the straight, he was knocked off stride by one of his rivals um, and hampered. And I think he would have finished much closer had that not have happened. So I think that people maybe are looking at, at that result and thinking that Master of the Seas is, is miles superior to him. But I think the difference in the price is astonishing. Master of the Seas is around a 7-1 to one chance and Shirl Spite is 40-1 to one with the proven form in the race. Um, so I think he's definitely one to watch on Saturday night. I can't see him going off at that price and the other is in the big one the breeders cut turf which looks like an incredible lineup uh and i'm gonna have to go for an old favorite of mine remember when i fell in love with him at Epsom, chris um i've stuck by him since and it's august rodan i think this is going to suit him perfectly this fast ground um over the trip it's it's just going to be perfect for him and he's two classic wins this year he won the irish champion stakes when the last scene he's been kept fresh since i just think he's going to have too much class for the rest of them and aiden o'brien already has six wins in this contest he's the leading trainer um he's the master so I think he's going to get another one on the board here with August Rodan in probably what's going to be his final race before a career at Stud. Yeah, he certainly could be. Now, uh, this is where uh, Katie, I already had this conversation with her earlier. She thinks I'm absolutely bonkers. And probably most of the people listening to this podcast think I'm bonkers by saying what I'm Not about. completely bonkers because... <laughs> He comes from a good yard before you say it. So I wouldn't say it'd be completely out of the question. I'm not saying he's going to win, but I just think he's a little bit overpriced and he could maybe fill the frame from an each-way perspective. And, and that... before you say it, from the same yard, I backed a 50-to-1 winner on the card 
three years ago. So you aren't bonkers. No, I'm not. And that's going to be Broom. Now, Broom, obviously, he's not really shown that much this year. I, I completely get that argument. But I thought it was interesting that they were persevering with him. And the fact that he's going to be wearing first-time um, blinkers, and it might just make him concentrate. I just think there's been a few occasions this season where he looks like he's come there with a challenge, and we know he's an enigma. We know loads about him, but his mind hasn't maybe completely been on the job, and maybe just the application of these blinkers might just seem to bring out a little bit more improvement. Also, another point I think is... But, bearing in mind, is the fact he's a very good traveller. Some of these horses that, yes, the likes of Auguste Rodin have maybe got better recent, or they have got better recent form, but they've never travelled to these parts of the world before. And sometimes horses, when they travel these long distances, they don't always travel that well. But Broom has proved himself to be a very good jet setter for Aiden O'Brien. He's one in the likes of um, Dubai. He's run well here before um, in the Breeders' Cup. He finished second in this race two years ago. And even last year, even though he was slowly away, he was a big eye-catcher. If you go back and watch the race replay, he absolutely flew home. I think he finished in sixth in, in the end, but he was running on quite strongly. And the key to him as well is quick ground. He's not really had it too, mu too much this season, but when he does get a quick surface, it seems to bring out the best in him. So, yeah, he's 50-1. to one. Make fun of me, if you will. He'll probably finish towards the, the back of the field. But I just thought I couldn't let him go off at that kind of price with, with the blinkers going on. And the fact that he's come in here where he's got not a bad record in the race. And I just think there was a, was a, there'll be a few more things in his favour that he hasn't had this season. So that's why I'm putting him up. But, yeah, clearly um, it would be an absolute uh, shock result if he were, were to win. But I could see him maybe if you're getting an extra place with some firms, four, maybe five places on the race. I think 50 to 1, I don't think that's a bad price at all each way. And uh, I'm just going to have a small saver on him. So Broom is my main fancy outside bet for Saturday on, on the Breeders' Cup. But, uh, yes, silence, complete silence. That's Good luck. That's that's all you need to know. Katie's not a massive I'd fan love, of that one. Look, I'd love Broom to finish second. I would, but August Rodan is the one. Well, you would but make Aiden, more... Aiden O'Brien one two or one two three. Yeah, I yeah. would be quite happy with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, um, I Aiden O'Brien. You know, like I'm joining the fan club for the next couple of days. <laughs> River Tiber and Broom gonna do the double. So hopefully the goat can. Uh, bring it home to Ireland but anyway that's it for uh, this episode of the podcast thanks again to Katie for giving up her time hopefully we found you some winners this weekend please remember to gamble responsibly you can follow us on all the major podcast platforms we're available on Apple Spotify and SoundCloud follow us on social media as well where we're on Twitter and Instagram and we'll be seeing you again soon